This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Tina Amini, Hello. and Sam Claiborne. Can you point at us? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> you, we it's just went over it. Yeah. I'm right you're here. You're either to my side. <laughs> you're right there. Okay. Yeah, you're either uh, that side. Yeah. And then yeah. up for me. <laughs> we have a great show for you this week. It's our second week um, from our uh, self-quarantine podcast bunkering and uh i don't know about you guys but i'm I'm doing okay it's a beautiful day outside in san francisco just a great day to be cooped up inside <laughs> you can't um, go outside you just got to stay away from everybody that's true yeah. tina upgraded to a really cool octopus yeah that's true yeah i moved to austin and it's 90 degrees wow. outside that's, that's the game scoptopus <laughs> cool the official the I new like reparto <laughs> game scoptopus yeah this, i hope the show just gets weirder and weirder the longer we're cooped up i think oh, yeah. it will I like think you want to get rid of that art right so now we can't actually give it a name or else it has to stick around that's fine i can make both happen okay okay <laughs> did you tina did you take ricardo skeleton to austin with you I didn't. I left him in San Francisco, but I did stop by to say goodbye and make sure he was doing okay. I'm just he's worried about him because he's in the office all alone. Yeah. Why is he not alone? He's with um he's with <laughs> Yeah, you're worried Yemen. about the wrong the wrong thing. The thing that we left <laughs> in the office all alone are two potatoes. <laughs> growing some, screens, some screens were left on. Um I can send this for B roll, yeah. but that's the last shot of Ricardo. I t- <laughs> Those are sprouts. Yeah, he's got he's got babies. Yeah, he's growing a little skeleton baby. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Nintendo's surprise Nintendo Direct today. We're going to talk about The Last of Us Part Two. But first, 
Half-Life Alex is out now, and IGN gave it a 10. It is the first 10 we've awarded since Red Dead Redemption 2 in 2018. Wow. No 10s in 2019. Terrible year for games. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, what the data says. <laughs> at least it wasn't a masterpiece year for games. No, it wasn't too. But I mean, actually, I can't even remember the last time that we gave a game an 11 out of 10 off the charts. It's been even longer. Yeah, it's been mm. a long time since we gave an off the charts. Yeah. Uh, now, Half-Life Alex is in a strange position of being a, a apparently really, really good game that, unfortunately, none of us can play <laughs> since it's a VR game. And I don't think oh. any of us are in possession of VR equipment. Well, uh, lots of us. Yeah, the Royal Wheat. Like, obviously, loads and loads of people at IGN are playing oh, yeah. it, but just yeah, this yeah, yeah. panel I was in talking particular, about yeah. Us, game speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have, you know, we have VR headsets in the office that we were planning on making yeah. sure everyone got time to play Half-Life Alex in the office, but then the apocalypse happened. Yeah, we got everybody a, a gasket for safety, which you mm -hmm. fit over your face, and you can own it yourself. And they're just sitting there along with all the Animal Crossing amiibo cards we opened on the floor and... The video games we bought. Are those cards still on the floor? Yeah, the cards are still on the floor. There's like, it's like we're gonna go back in you know however many weeks, and we're gonna like be like, Years. wow, I forgot we left all yeah. this work. Well, what you don't know is that uh, like Tom Nook, there's just a real family of raccoons living in the office now. <laughs> so they're using all those amiibo cards. Well, there's, there's I hope not. All good. those potatoes. Yeah, well, I hope not because then <laughs> our friends are at risk. <laughs> I think there's some 20 year old cookies at Sam's desk too. Yeah, yeah there well. are. you know what? Those have been holding up really well. That's from the Mario Galaxy uh, uh, party, <laughs> release party. There's a Gears of War chocolate bar there somewhere. Gears yeah. of War chocolate bar. I have a, a gaming Mountain Dews of several varieties. Those, those um, evaporated, though, or oh, they leaked yeah. out. They're gonna, they'll have all exploded by the time you get back. I have Portal Cake <laughs> Mix. Um, Half-Life Alex is the best-reviewed Half-Life game from IGN. The original got a 9.5, and Half-Life 2 got a 9.7. Mm -hmm. Wow. What would, we, what would a 9.7 be now? I think it might, that might be one where we just say that, that would probably be a 10 at this point. Everybody just loved get, it. Round it up. Yep, you just know? give it a 10. We don't round, but I'm just saying <laughs> like, if we had that discussion, I bet it would end up being a 10. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Dan is somewhere out there in the ether very disturbed by the rounding up comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I know it's actually proving to be pretty popular on Steam for a VR game, but um, there is. is like a... It's like in the 50s on Steam. That's crazy. That's really good. However, um, there is a barrier of entry for a lot of people to play this game. Hey, Dan's I... texting me. <laughs> is he watching us right now? <laughs> I told you, he knew it somewhere out there. That was so weird. Sorry to interrupt, Damon. Well, I'm not sorry to interrupt. This is what I do. Um, he interrupts. Yeah. Um, there's a barrier to entry to playing Half-Life Alex. I wonder if it will end up being, you know, for, for quite some time, the least played Half-Life game. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Half-Life 2, when it came out, required, you know, physics chips and all kinds of stuff that was not super common, but technology caught up pretty quickly. So, you know, I guess yeah. it kind of depends. Like, I think VR is having a breakout moment this year and in general, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how quickly... You know, in 12 months and 24 months, VR headsets, like surely people that get a VR headset this Christmas, Half-Life will be like the first thing they play, right? Well, yeah. One would think. Yeah, I mean, like Index is sold out simply because of Half-Life Alex's um, existence. So it's a good sign for how many people are going to be playing, at least. Just the rest of us are stuck. We can't buy one. 
Do you think a, a lowest played uh, Half-Life game that counts is a, what is it called? Bridge Builder Portal? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually probably really popular. Really? Bridge, yeah, Bridge Constructor. Um, Bridge Constructor, that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's a really popular game. And there's also a portal version of that. Um, there's some, there is some resentment among uh, some members of the gaming community. Whenever we write about Half-Life Alex, they're very resentful of the fact that it's a VR game mm-hmm. that they have to buy expensive equipment for. But does it bother any of you that you can't just play this game on your PS4 you or Xbox? Did response to that? No. They said oh, they can watch yes. it on YouTube. <laughs> you <just watch> <laughs> Honestly, this might be the first game that I actually look out for a let's play for because yeah, yeah, otherwise I, I normally don't care. But um, if I can't play it, I do want to know some of the storyline stuff, especially I'm, apparently there's a bombshell of an ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ryan McCaffrey was tweeting about the ending. And I, I, I got to know what happens. Yeah, yep. I was going to say we could all do a game scoop let's play, but again, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can, get we can do stream it. We can tell him what to do. Yeah. We can do a let's play us of us watching it together and commenting. Yeah, I was going to say, we could do a let's watch. We let's could watch. let's watch, but we could also make Dan play it the way we want him to play it. So, like, we'd be like, turn left, turn left. Right. Yeah, turn left. <laughs> this is so actually like, maybe, hold on, this is actually maybe a good idea. We've captured the entire game on IGN.com. So maybe we can yeah. re- do, do, a, actual, do, yeah. a react, do a reaction to watching the game. Let's yeah. watch play. Okay. Let's, let's uh, um, talk about this after. I'm free all next week. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it, it is a little bit um, disappointing that I can't just play this new Half-Life game right now. However, I've played every Half-Life game years after it came out because I played Half-Life 1 on PlayStation 2 and Half-Life 2 on Xbox and then the episodes when they, when they were in the orange box on 360. So I've never been able to play Half-Life right at launch. Same here. I always uh, waited a couple of years for people to tell me over and over again how yeah. good the darn games are. And then I was like, fine. So Valve's been doing a lot of interviews. Obviously, they're promoting their game. Um, but one of the comments from one of the many interviews was that like they were certain that there was going to be a mod that lets you play not out, not in VR and out of it. But they're like, don't do that. Right. That's not going to be as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see, I don't know if you saw this because I think it was in our game help thread because we wrote a big guide for this game too. I, I, uh, there, somebody had um, taken like a, um, I don't know, like a milk crate in the game because you can only carry two things at once. And so they, they got a milk crate and they just started filling with things and then carried the milk crate and it yeah. worked. That's adorable. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just they're so focused on physics. I just love that about Valve's uh, Half-Life series. And just seeing that it, like enacted with like gripping and stuff, with, which is what that game's all about, was so cool. Speaking of Valve Half-Life physics, in our um, devs react to speedruns, uh, yeah. our edition for Half-Life 2, they were commenting on how like the physics capabilities at the time when they developed that game were so different than now, obviously, and how they would have been able to solve a lot of those glitches and bugs that people were using to speedrun through the game. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's there's, really cool. There's one level in Half-Life Alex that has more physics objects in it than all of Half-Life 2. Yeah, wow. that's crazy. Cool. All right, so I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's the first 10 we've given since Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, so it's time to revisit the 10, 10 out of 10 Hall of Fame. Red Dead Redemption 2 was October of 2018. That year, we gave two 10s uh, to that two? one in God of War. Yeah, to God of War. Yeah, we had God of War. That's right, yeah. You so it was, 20, it was a 20. It was a 20-year. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There was a third 10 given out in 2018. Can you guess Celeste. what it was? Celeste. Yes, it was. Oh, us. You guys man. are probably looking at the list. No. Well, I cheated earlier. I looked at it earlier. I'm not, I'm not looking at it now. So now it's you off. You got to give that away after you do that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, too honest. You sounded real, really on right now. <laughs> Everyone knows okay. I don't have good memory. <laughs> 
Well, there were also three tens doled out in 2017. I forget those already. 2017. Well, were they released after the year 2000? <laughs> remember, the Switch launched in 2017. Okay. So oh, Super Mario Odyssey. Mario Both Odyssey. of those. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah. And, and then, is like, the other one weird? Yeah, it's a it's an indie game. Is it the it's the bugs one that Dan likes? Yes, Dan loves Undertale. No, okay. <laughs> what about that bugs one? The bugs versus robots one. <coughs> oh, what? you're talking about um, Into the Breach. Yeah. Oh, Into the Breach. Yeah. No, uh, Into the Breach was probably it didn't get a ten. Although maybe it should have. First oh, did, of all, when was when did Inside come out? 2016. That's 2016. Okay. That was another ten. Yeah. And then uh, another game that Justin's a big fan of got a ten in 2016. Hmm. Came out in January of 2016. Hmm. Why did he say January in that way? <laughs> Is that supposed to be a hint? A reminder. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you could put yourself in the headspace of January 2016. Yeah, Absolutely where was Justin not. in 2016? Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I don't know if you did this on purpose, Damon, but that's when my daughter was born. That's when I was on paternity leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were playing. You love this game. I don't know. How about this card game? How about this? I'm too dumb to really get into this game. Oh, don't say that. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, is it? It was the end? witness. Oh. Oh. That's yeah. Nice. It just didn't. Those puzzles did not click for me, and I. I did love the witness. Didn't make it very far in that game. Damon, I didn't know that you never got into the witness at all. I mean, I played a few hours of it, but it just didn't didn't work for me. Hmm. 2015 saw 110 that both Sam and I like a whole lot, but Justin isn't crazy about it. Mm. Is, is that, that the Witcher? Witcher? No, we didn't give Witcher 10. Can you believe that? I remember that year was Metal Gear, The Witcher mm. were the same year, right? Yeah, Maybe it was Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Yeah. yeah, not wild about Metal Gear. I You do you go to the same area over and over and over again, do the same thing. I feel like I'm being there's, punked when I play that game. There's just, yeah, there's two areas you can go to, the desert or the jungle. <laughs> uh... 2014 saw 110. That was The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Which, hold on, wait a minute. That can't be right. We didn't give The Last of Us a 10. What? No, you're saying we did? No, we didn't. Maybe we the did. DLC got a 10? It's yeah. on our list. It's the DLC. Did. Oh, it's it's the remastered version. That's or that. It is. is it the um like the the one that came to PS4? Hmm. That's weird. Why is this on our list? It just says The Last of Us. Are you on? I'm on our. This is a oh, list of on I, uh, on IGN.com of every yeah. ten we've given out. Yeah, it's because it's the remastered version. Yeah. Okay, it's the PS4 version. Yeah. Uh, we gave uh, Grand Theft Auto Five a ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't think too many people would uh, complain about that. Was 2013? I think I don't think any 2012 game got a ten. And then right before, I remember the one before that because it Mario. Uh, Galaxy 2 got one. Was that 2011 then? No, that's, no, that's, that's few, earlier. Yeah, there's some dueling. I'm, I'm, I don't want to jump ahead, but I remember it because I was pretty new to IGN when I think what we're about to get into next happened. <laughs> In 2011 when yeah. a certain Zelda game? Yeah. Yep. So that was the Skyward Sword thing. And at the, at the time, we even had... Um, it was interesting because when that game came out, we had one up in the same office and GameSpy... And uh, they all reviewed it and gave it wildly different scores. Like, I think 1UP gave it a 7.5 or something like that. And then, you know, we had a 10 and then GameSpire was like right in the middle. It was like a, such a strange time to to have all three of those big 
reviewing uh, uh, outlets in the same place disagreeing on that game. Yeah. Honorary. The Death Stranding of 2011. The Death Stranding of 2011 was, was Zelda really Skyward was. Sword. And it's Honorary. about the same. I, I imagine Death Stranding will be. I mean, Skyward Sword like was defended like really at the time. Like We don't talk about that as like a lasting Zelda impact game still. Uh, I mean, it's true. Although I would play that game if they put out like an HD version that ditched the motion controls on Switch. Me too. Me too. Uh, honorary Omega Cop Seth Macy wrote this article that I'm looking at. And for uh, Skyward Sword, he says, I own this game, and yet I have to admit, I never got around to playing it. <laughs> what an informative blurb, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> what? In, in um, 2011, we also gave Uncharted 3 uh, a 10. It's yeah. a little odd that that's the, of the four, that's the Uncharted we gave a 10. You're missing, a, you're missing one more. I think I know why it's not on the list. Why is that? Um, because I gave it, and it is for a mobile game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Seth uh, ignored that. Yeah. yeah. So you can that. take that up with him in your next employee evaluation. There you go. <laughs> I, I have no choice. It was, um, it was a list of modern uh, games that, got, that we gave a 10 to. So I don't are you know, saying mobile games are not modern games? <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. I think so. <laughs> I really True. liked Uncharted 3, and I don't know why that's become such an unpopular opinion. I think it's my favorite Uncharted easily. Yeah, I think most people like two. Yeah, we had a big debate about it when we were revisiting our top one hundred. Mm-hmm. Twenty ten was a big year for tens, fittingly, and it was the year that I gave out my only ten that I've ever given out. Ooh, Pac Man Championship Edition <laughs> DX. Was it? And it wasn't DX two. It was DX one. No, yeah. That took the yeah. office by storm. Everybody is obsessed with the leaderboards. Everybody yeah. was playing at night and coming in and talking. And like people in our office were getting on the leaderboards up high. And it was like really cool. Yeah. It was so fun. So good. I love it. I, I regret not giving Super Hexagon a 10. I think that was a mistake. Which one was Super Hexagon? It's a game where there's hexagons spinning around. And then you, and have, you to, have to avoid getting hit. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a 10. The game's perfect. <laughs> Uh, in 2010, we also had Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare, which yeah. we gave it to him. Best DLC and of all time. Probably the best DLC of all time. And yeah, also, that was the year of Super Mario Galaxy 2. Okay. 2010, wow. Yeah. Nothing in 2009, but in 2008, we had GTA 4 and Metal Gear Solid 4. Now we're just repeating yeah. ourselves. What do you mean? Just more. <laughs> just all the. All the yeah, so all that's the interesting. Games. Both GTA 4 and 5 got a 10, and Metal Gear yeah. Solid 4 and 5 got 10s. Yeah. And then Red Dead 2 and Red Dead 1 DLC. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we are. Um, uh, and then <laughs> we jumped many, many years in this list for some reason to 1999. <laughs> Pokemon Red and Blue got a 10. But Pokemon Red and Blue aren't from 99, right? No, they're from 1996. But, yeah, so uh, I don't know. What? And, and, um, I guess. Maybe yellow was from 99 or something like that? Maybe because IGN wasn't IGN in 96. Do you know who reviewed Pokemon Red? Yes, I do. It was... Strategy Guide. Wait. Sam Claiborne. Is this right? And I'm Literally, right it direction. says on Pokemon Red Review by Sam Claiborne. Yep. Where does it say that? Right at the top of the review. On our website, man. Yeah. yeah. So That doesn't seem... <laughs> I don't yeah. remember Wait. reviewing that. Also, I was <laughs> well, finally. Um, it could have 
<laughs> it could have been if you edit it could be a cms issue if yeah. you edited yeah. it it may have overwritten the author id yeah anyway. i linked the review in our discord <laughs> channel here <laughs> yeah. that was a great moment <laughs> man i really have to like i'm gonna have to like look at my phone records and my <laughs> Tina, did you point when you were pointing? Are you sure you were pointing at Sam? I think so. I think that's me, what four of us said. You're up here to me. Yeah, but we're all reverse. Yeah. In actual Tina, practice. what does the more reviews page say? It says Animal Crossing New Horizons. You gave a nine too. I remember that. Castlevania Anniversary Collection. You gave an eight. I don't recall that. <laughs> <laughs> I recall that. <laughs> Super Mario Party seven point three. Okay. That checks out. I stand by that 7.3. I would never give it a 7 or an 8. Only a 7.3. Well, you can't review games anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't review that game anymore. Sure. Uh, and anything else that comes to a point. And one more game. <clears throat> In 98, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time got a 10. Yeah. So of like these big franchises, Zelda has gotten more 10s. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember reviewing that. Series. You did that one? Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move on. And I've got a new way of doing transition music. Oh, oh man. But I have to unmute my laptop. You really need like a cassette player and a boom box. Yeah. <laughs> Just hold it up like this. Wait, I have one. One second. Are you going to mail it to him in Animal Crossing? Oh, wait. Can you hear it? Hear it. I got it this time. Now. Yep. <laughs> Great. Cool. Worth it. Totally worth it. Uh, what'd you guys think about that surprise Nintendo Direct today? Oh, that does. Sam, that looks just like the one in Animal Crossing. It does look like the Animal Crossing one, huh? Damn Is that Animal Crossing swag? No. <laughs> swag. <laughs> Any household item could be Animal Crossing swag. Mm -hmm. Damon, what was the prompt question? What we thought about the mini direct? Well, yeah, yeah. first of all. The 20 was, minute long mini direct? It was 28 minutes. And it was a surprise. If it was 29 or 30, it would be a regular direct. But 28 is just under the mark. Yeah. Mini. It's all about the technicalities. Mm -hmm. uh, Any I, of the announcements stand out to you? I mean, the, ones, the porting the old games to Switch are the coolest ones for me. The, the, a lot I mean, of the stuff was, I'm right? not going to play. Wait, isn't it, wasn't it all just old games? No. I mean, there's Bravely mm -hmm. Default 2 had some news. Okay. Uh, Xenoblade yeah. is technically okay. uh, like a, a oh. game that I'm not going to play, but it's got bumped up but i really i mean like i think the bioshock stuff was really cool yeah mm -hmm. the bioshock collection i mean yeah. panzer dragoon remake that's awesome out, that's out really today. oh is that i missed that well, part it's yeah. the demo no i think it's just a demo i don't think so it's the full game i believe so we can uh, fact check ourselves right now <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I liked all the 2K collections, though, including Bioshock. There's Borderlands yeah. on there now, too. The Panzer Dragoon is out today. It's a timed wow. console exclusive on Switch. I liked, um, you know, so they announced the next Smash Brothers fighter, who's the first one from the second season, is a character from ARMS. Um, yeah. But they said, which, which character? Check back when the character launches in June. And I'm like, no one, no one cares. And it's also like, I think they knew that that was going to be like, I think they I think they made a fake mini direct just to bury that bad news. <laughs> <laughs> They're like they know that that's going to make people disappointed and upset. So like it, it's you the think same. They licensed all of these older games and got this all prepared <laughs> just because of the arms character. 
I mean, I, you know, I'm sure the character is going to be fun to play as and a stretchy arm character. Like, it actually seems like a good fit for Smash. It seems good. But it's not like, you know, it's not what it's people, not it's not Master favorite. Chief, you know, it's not yeah. Kratos. Like, it's not what people are hoping for. So I think that they, um, in all seriousness, I think they stuck it in the direct to stop sort of hype going crazy for season two of the Smash DLC. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because they've had a problem with rolling out all of these character announcements. Like people yeah. have been complaining and being like, what, yet another Fire Emblem character? Like when can we get off this track? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. I think Guys, what's up with episode one racer? <laughs> it's, they're remaking it. It's, it's just, I don't, it's just the 1999 game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody liked that. Everybody liked that game. I think a lot of people like that game. Really? Yeah, people who gamers of a certain age probably have a lot of good memories of playing that game. Hmm. Um, there was this indie game, what's it called? Cool Job or Good Job? That just I think looks it's good really, job. Yeah, yeah, good job. Um, yeah. I think that's another one that may be out today, and it just looks I like a so. zany, madcap, good time. And like out of all the new stuff they showed off, that was the one that jumped out at me. Is like, I think I might check this out. Yeah, and of course, everyone's super excited to get a new Mister Driller. That's not. Mr. Driller Drill Land is coming out June 25th. Part of the yeah. ex- extended Dig Dug universe. That's right. I think Dig Mr. Dug Driller Sun. Mr. Driller might be the last game I imported for the DS. Then the wow. Justin's import days. No, that, it would have been DJ Max Portable on the PSP. But... Was it Although, not released in, in North America? I don't remember why I did that. Either, yeah, it was Japanese only or it wasn't coming out here for a long, long time. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought the 2K announcements were really cool. The Bioshock collection, the Borderlands collection, and XCOM 2 collection. Did you see That's we like, did a poll to see what people thought was the most exciting stuff? Yeah, and I think, I think that was winning, right? Yeah, 2K won. Uh, the 2K collections won. And then Xenoblade Chronicles was after that. And then, and then uh, Bunny Day. Oh, oh that's, that's uh, an event in Animal Crossing? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's going to be eggs. Can't cool. wait. I'm going to find so many hidden eggs. <laughs> The big deal there is that I when we haven't talked about this yet, so I set aside 15 minutes to go over this in extensive detail on this show. Um, Animal Crossing, uh, you, this time around, you can't just time travel to Christmas or uh, all the simulated Christmas-style holidays or whatever they have because they are releasing them as DLC. So you can change it to another month, and it might be snowy, but you can't collect stuff like, you know, there won't be a reindeer there, and there won't be you know the furniture for that time. Isn't that interesting, Nick? Sam, your audio is breaking up, and I think that is the universe telling you to stop talking <laughs> about Animal Crossing. <laughs> but I wanted to point out about these 2K games, like um, the Borderlands collection is the first Borderlands, Borderlands 2, and all of its DLC, which is, there's so much of that that was released, mm-hmm. and the pre-sequel, so that's a really, really like big package. However, the fine print on the uh, listing page on Nintendo.com reveals some interesting information. This was found by Nintendo Life, I believe. The physical cartridge versions, if you buy, if you go to a store and buy the cartridge, the physical cartridge of Borderlands collection only includes the first game. Yeah. And then you have to download the rest. That's not uncommon. I, I, I know that this keeps happening more and more. I just think it's really interesting because like... That's yeah, crazy. The, you know, the cartridge was supposed to avoid have, forcing you to install that. You'll, you'll have to download another 35 gigs of data to install Borderlands 2 in the pre-sequel. Which, if you're buying the cartridge, you, maybe you're not anticipating, you know, yeah. giving up that much storage space, space. And the reason is apparently because Nintendo Switch cartridges come in set sizes. They're either yeah. 1, 2, 4, 8, 
16 or 32 gigs. Like those, yeah. those are your options. So like if your game is what, like 40 gigs, you have to figure out what's, you know, what option works for you. There's nothing bigger than 32. Well, it's not even okay. There's a couple problems with that though, because you can make any game be a lot smaller. The Breath of the Wild was like like eight gigs or something. It was really and small. And was really really good at optimizing their file size. Yeah. So when when Borderlands doesn't want to do when TK doesn't want to do that with Borderlands, it's reasonable because it just takes a lot of extra development. But uh, they also can didn't also select like how expensive do we want this cartridge to be to manufacture? So they even, exactly go, it. even smaller based on that because the bigger ones are just more expensive. That is exactly it. The more space on your cartridge, the more expensive they are to manufacture. So publishers will sometimes put a small part of the game on the cartridge and then just let the player download the rest to keep manufacturing costs down. Mm-hmm. And SD space on the, the Switch is easy to do, but like the default SD card is so tiny on it that yeah. you like have to get one of these giant ones on Amazon for 40 bucks or whatever. I'm sure there's yeah. deals on that. I bought, I did the same thing I do with every console where I bought a big ass, you know, memory card, a big SD card. And I'm like, that, this is all I'm ever going to need. And now cut to three years later, like it's getting very cramped on that yeah. SD card. So um going to have to figure that out probably pretty yeah, soon. Sure. That was all news to me. I thought that was very interesting. And then Justin, um, there's another game, I think a Capcom Metroidvania. That was oh. announced for coming to Switch, uh, yeah. Shin, Shin Sakai? Yeah, uh, that game's great. It's uh, You're underwater, exploring an underwater environment, and it's uh, it's sort of a light Metroidvania. Um, mm. And the conceit is you can't go deeper until you upgrade your suit. So you sort of explore around, you know, back and forth in sort of a slice of the game. And then when you upgrade your suit, mm. then you can go deeper and deeper and deeper into the ocean. Um, What's it for originally? It was an Apple Arcade game, but... Um, but, you know, I've said a couple times on Twitter today, like, I didn't play it on my phone. I paired my PS4 controller and played it on my TV. So, you know, mm. for me, it felt like just a full-on regular video game. And so that's a really cool premise. I'm super into that. Yeah. And the game was great. You know, it's a... Uh, it's uh, the first. The game, <laughs> the game is interesting. There's people that get it and people that didn't because your character moves like he's underwater. So it's very sort of like he's got this jetpack and will like smash into walls until you figure out what you're doing. And um, it did rub some people the wrong way, but like if you sort of get used to its quirks, I I thought that game was great. Um, so yeah, it was cool to get a new Nintendo Direct today, but of course we still don't know like what Nintendo's big first party releases are for the rest of the year. There's no no mention, <laughs> not just none. Of course, no Metroid, no Metroid Prime trilogy remastered. Nothing about Breath of the Wild two. So we're still waiting to hear about all that stuff. Look, it just means there's a really bad Smash Brothers character announcement around the corner that they're saving us all for. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. I wave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Sean did. And Sean says, I've been watching Gamescoop on YouTube for a couple of years now. Love the show. It goes up on YouTube Saturday mornings, Sydney time, and has become part of my general Saturday routine. Love that. I love you. I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse on the front line at a major Sydney hospital. And when I first saw the way in which my hospital had set up its COVID-19 clinic, I couldn't help but be reminded of the quarantine station in The Last of Us, the one after the drafts, which got me thinking about The Last of Us Part 2. Do you think Sony will go ahead in releasing The Last of Us 2 this May, given the global COVID-19 pandemic? 
The Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time, and whilst I'm very much looking forward to playing uh, the sequel as soon as possible, I fear that the May release might be considered insensitive or inappropriate, and thus result in another delay. We'd love to hear the GameScoop thoughts on the matter. I sincerely thank you for continuing to produce the show despite being in lockdown, as I find myself clinging to any and all sense of normality in these crazy, scary times. That's really good to hear. I really appreciate that letter. Sorry, Tina, what did you say? I was just saying, I was saying that I've been thinking about that a lot too, because it's right around the corner at this point and it does hit a little too close to home. Although the circumstances are completely different. And like, you know, you could say the same about Resident Evil 3 to a degree, but you don't make that connection mm-hmm. as closely because it doesn't have the same sort of like quarantine impact that The Last of Us was a little bit uh, more obvious on. Um, so it, I could definitely see it being part of a conversation in a you know, digital boardroom somewhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they decide to go ahead with it because messing with the release date at this juncture obviously shifts the rest of their marketing calendar down the down the path. And then we have to think about E3 or whatever's being done around that kind of time frame. Um, so maybe they figure some sort of like charitable donation that they can do. Nintendo just did that recently. They donated some tens of thousands of or hundreds of thousands of masks um, uh, to, to people in hospitals who needed it. So maybe they'll they're going to do some sort of in between instead. Yeah. Also like Last of Us is like it's a post-apocalyptic game and there was some setting in the like, you know, frantic uh the beginning of the game was like set in, in the contemporary like frantic pandemic time. Uh Resident Evil is a pandemic game. Like it was originally the demos like that, our previews like that. It's like you're in the middle of like a zombie breakout apocalypse scenario. And like that's that's coming up far sooner you know and i i yeah i definitely get the vibe from that game uh from uh, the demo that you are you know experiencing the worst case scenario and and that's like a really it didn't it, did, it doesn't feel good you know but uh at least you are soon swept away into like fantasy zombie land upturned cars and like things like that it's like you know it's 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 real auto ways but I really, I, I can't wait to play that game though. Like, I don't want that game to be delayed for any reason. And it's, it's almost, for me, it's cathartic to play a super violent, scary game of any sort, right? Now. Yeah. I think um, to echo what Sam was saying, I think The Last of Us and Sony are safe because it's far enough removed from, uh, you know, some virus spreading around the globe. Like, mm-hmm. it's in, it's sort of in the semi-distant past by the time that game is set. Yeah, I think the fact that um, it's not, it's an extreme version um, of, of what's going on, a very, very extreme version and set so far down the path, as both you guys have been saying, separates it enough as opposed to something like Contagion, where they track it yeah. right from the beginning through people's panic, through uncertainty, through the government mishandling the situation. So it's just all of those beats so closely mirror what we're going through that that's far more relatable on that level and scarier on that level than something like The Last of Us or Resident Evil. Yeah. But yeah. still, I'm, I guarantee they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has everyone played uh, Plague Inc.? I have. The game where you design a virus and the goal of the game is to try to wipe out the, the population of the Earth, which is like morbid, yeah. but from a gameplay standpoint, it's like an interesting yeah. just strategy game, right? Like, yeah. Um, that game is introducing a mode where everything's flipped and you play as humans trying to stop the virus. And I think that that's... Very, um, I, I don't know if it's like capitalistic or what it is, but um, it's uh, 
it's one response where if you make a game, that's like maybe a little bit, you know, not what people need to be seeing right now as far as yeah. responses to a to a real world situation go. I thought that one was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. The Last of Us Part Two situation is uh, uh, also interesting. I hadn't thought about that question until we got this email, and uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I know a lot of PlayStation fans would be pretty devastated to have that game delayed again. Mm-hmm. So remember, it was supposed to be well, it was supposed to be out already, right? It was originally going to be out in February. Yep. Plus, who knows what's going on with all the throttling going on out there? So you know, we need more single player games. The throttling of like internet, internet player bandwidth. And, yeah, yeah we do exactly. Need, we do need more single player games. Uh, good thing Resident Evil and um, Final Fantasy are right around the corner. I've been yeah. playing a lot of Doom Eternal, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. Awesome. Uh, let's move on. This is Travis. Travis says, while we continue to be in self-isolation, I have a two-year-old son I currently stay at home with. And let's just say teachers and daycare staff do not get paid enough money for what they do. Outside the depressing media coverage, one positive from self-isolation has been the amount of time I've spent with my almost three-year-old son and have actually started introducing video games to him. Limited screen time, mind you. I hooked up my old Wii and plugged in Mario Kart with the steering wheel, and he is loving it. I plan to try Wii Sports Resort, Zack and Wiki, etc., and see what sticks. Those are such good choices. I'm wondering if you can remember the first game you played with your children or nieces or nephews, what that game was, and if you you think there's a better mainstream system with games for kids than the Wii. Good question. Yeah, I I can start. I uh, took a switch to... um, you know, the holidays, last holiday, so, you know, one year ago from this last holiday and played with my four-year-old nephew, uh, played um, Super Mario Odyssey. And uh, he, wow. you know, he had never really held a, a video game controller or anything like that, took to it right away, even like the dual analog part of it, and uh, was just playing along and stuff like that. And then Mario became such a thing. Um, and that like, we had, he had like a little, I'd found a little plush toy that I'd brought to, and he was like going up and down the stairs and then was like super excited about Mario, which is exactly how I felt first of all in 1987 or 1986, probably when I was like young and first seeing Mario. But, um, I, uh, it was so cool. Cause just this past weekend he had his fifth birthday and his party was all Mario themed. And I couldn't awesome. believe it. Like it had that much of an influence on him. And he knows that I have like a Mario pinball machine here. So when we, he calls over the line, he always looks at that. So like, that, it's like, he's fully Mario'd out. And like, I've had very little influence on that, except for that, like one key moment of like, this is your first video game. And I was so proud as an uncle to have that. Happen. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Semi similar, but not quite story. Um, I've told this on scoop actually, cause I recent, very recently when I was playing through mansion three, um, mm. was visiting Austin where I am now. Uh, and I played with my two-year-old nephew and he doesn't really like have the attention span quite to really focus on a, a storyline or like the slower beats of the game. But as soon as like ghosts were coming up and there was a little bit of like combat activity, uh, I had to point out and be like, wait, 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 look, what is that? Is that a ghost? And, and walk him through <laughs> it a little bit. Um, he, he loved it though. Like it just, it's sort of the second that something interesting is happening on screen. Like he's, a rambunctious little boy, but the second that he sees that activity on the screen and he gets interested in it, like everything calms down and he's very focused um, and just stares while I play because he doesn't have, he has the understanding of like touch screens because that's what this generation is really familiar mm-hmm. and comfortable with at this point. So he's like yeah. trying to touch things on the screen, but then realized yeah. I knew what I was doing more so. So he was just watching me instead. It was very cute. That's great. Justin, you've, you've done some light gaming with your, with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the five-year-old's playing a lot of Ring Fit 
these days, okay. almost cool. every day since she can't, you know, we're not really going out of the house too much. Um, yeah. So I definitely had an idea about, well, when I have kids of my own, you know, here's how I'd like to introduce games with them and mm -hmm. sort of a mental image of how that would go. And the reality has been actually super different. Um, you know, Nintendo, a lot of people equate them to like the Disney of the video game world, right? But like, you know, Sam, I'm really interested that, you know, your four-year-old was able to uh, pick up Mario Odyssey so well. Because I think the first time I tried to play a game like that with my daughter, she was probably about four. Um, I don't know. That, that game has a lot of reading at the top. And so, you know, I'm reading to her what's happening on the screen, but she's like kind of already losing interest a little bit. Like, when is it going to move around? Um, and then when she tried to play herself, she couldn't control Mario at all. Like, there's that opening section in Cap Kingdom where you turn into a frog and that was like really deeply frustrating and kind of jumping. She was accidentally jumping off the edge over and over again. And I ended That's up making really funny you bring that up. And I, I just, just a quick interruption. I thought about that and I went to the desert level and just went right mm. to the middle of it yeah, where there was like just, you can just run in a circle, you know, mm. and you can just run and jump and stuff like that. So it was like, that was like the good training area that I discovered for that exact reason. Yeah. And so we ended up like, you know, she sort of like lost her patience a little bit. So I put it away and I'm like, we'll try again in six months. And, you know, we we dug it back out and tried again and, you know, put it away in six months. And she's having a hard time, like, grappling with the controls. And now she's turning six soon and is now just sort of having the hand-eye coordination and understanding, you know, just getting more familiar with non-touchscreen controls that um, video games are finally becoming more of a thing in our house. It's, it's actually Animal Crossing has been really good because it is so much more of a chill... Mm -hmm. You know, like Mario is very, I never thought about this game until I saw it through the lens of a child, but it is like pretty twitchy. Like Mario's mm -hmm. jumping all over the place and running around like crazy when you don't know how to control him. Whereas Animal Crossing is like a lot easier to understand what you're moving and what's going on. And there's less stuff just bombarding you on screen. Yeah, Animal Crossing is perfect. It's a good pace. Mm -hmm. So she likes to run around and she picks all my flowers, which is, you know, <laughs> annoying, but you know, I put them, I put them back after. <laughs> Yeah, I think there there needs to be like you know for my nephew since he's two, it's very very limited, and he has one of those super protected iPads with a bunch of kids apps on it. Yeah. Um, and the games are really very basic feedback loops where it's like you're flying an airplane and you can collide into things or not. But if you touch the screen, which is an easy control first off, but if you touch the screen, um, it's immediately responding to you. And I think the problem with like even Luigi's Mansion Three was there. There's enough downtime to lose their attention. And that's yeah. key. My daughters play garbage iPad games and you know, they're actually, they're actually not garbage games. Like they're age appropriate for that age group, but you know, they're not like, again, my mental image of like, they're going to play Mario and love it is like, well, that's actually not really what's great for like a three-year-old necessarily. So they play yeah. a lot of like, you know, little monster town games and just weird stuff on their iPad. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, if you had to choose like a cool neat game that i think a, a, a very young child could find accessible i would choose miss pac-man i think that's like a perfect one like you hold the controller and you just go the way that you're pointing it and you're being chased by these ghosts that you want to avoid and i've seen kids over and over again like love reacting to that as like a very early or, or maybe even first game yeah yeah i could definitely see that uh my seven month old son is still a little little too young to to be playing any games but i have a 15 year old nephew back in kansas city and uh when I used to go home more often to visit my family, like every summer, I would always take my Xbox with me. And when Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was out, mm. which is what, like 12 years ago now, maybe, uh, I took that home one time. And so he would have been 
much younger, of course. He wasn't three years old. So it must have been like 10 years ago or something. But he had a lot of fun playing that just – I had built – uh, like a, some sort of flying machine and he loved to just fly up and up and up and then just crash, just nosedive down in the ground. And I think it's because you probably just held one button to accelerate, pull the analog stick back to take off, to go up and then push it forward to go down so like he could handle that. And he just thought it was the funniest thing ever to fly up as high as he could and then just crash. <laughs> to destroy my thing that I just built. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's like Justin's flowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are here to mess up our games. Uh, all right, we have an important scoop date from last week. We were talking about unfinished games last week. Jack B. from Oklahoma writes in to say, I was listening to your latest episode where you were discussing unfinished games, and I thought of one that I would like to share. The Lego Hobbit game is unfinished. Justin, have you played that one? Yeah, but I never I never finished it, so I'm curious to hear what he says. Or maybe I played Lord of the Rings. <laughs> He's the game follows the plot of the Hobbit movies. Only the game ends after the second movie. The third part was being developed as free DLC, but it never came out. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably for the best. Um, probably for the best. That's what they should have done with the movies. Although the game part of that final movie would have been great because it's like the battle, right? Yeah. That's actually yeah. Finally, good. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It only took eight hours to get there. I always think like the it's weird. Uh, I'll make it quick. The Lord of the Rings yeah. pinball machine, I think, came out during the Two Towers era, but then mm. they have Return of the King in it and Return of the King multiball and everything. But I think all they have was like access to like trailers because like there's just so much for the other ones and, and sound bites and everything. And then for Return of the King, it's like you know, destroy the ring. They just assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, as, as a side question, have any of you watched The Invisible Man? No. Now that it's out, okay. Worth it? Well, I, we watched it last night, and it's pretty enjoyable, but there's like uh, a huge plot hole that I just cannot overlook, and I'm dying to talk to someone about it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's reason enough to watch it. All right. Does, it's does actually, it it's a pretty, what's that? I mean, is it, I mean, is, is it because he's invisible? You can't see him? <laughs> yeah. Is that the no, hole? No, that's actually, that's, that's not the hole. <laughs> Got it. Um, but the movie's actually pretty enjoyable. We enjoyed it. But I, I'm dying to talk to someone about this crazy plot hole. So Damon's let me know like, if you watch it. There's all these glasses floating around and a guy talking <laughs> off screen, and I just can't figure it out. <laughs> exactly. All right, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Curtis, and he says, he says, if it's not giving you away too much, you can tell the team that I have fond memories of playing this game at Redacted back in Tempe, Arizona, in the <laughs> early... Tempe, Arizona, in the early, redacted. Okay. That was giving away too much? Is it, if that was not giving away too much. <laughs> if I guess the place that he was playing at, do we get... Will you tell us? Yeah. Like an extra five questions, maybe? Yeah. That was, a, that was actually a big hint. It, it, okay. Was this game in arcades? No. Okay. Well, what was he playing it at, then? I, I see <laughs> where you were going mall. with that, though. Yeah. Maybe like a mall kiosk? Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, or just like a like a, any kind of kiosk at any one of those stores selling games. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, like Toys R Us or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Best Buy games, games, game mm. stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was this a first party game? Um. <laughs> Wait. Like yeah. now, are you, you don't asking... normally get tripped up on this one. Are you asking if this was like uh, made by Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft? I don't know. What am I asking? Published by, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Published by Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. No. Did was Damon just trick us? What if it was Sega? Sega. Yeah, I know. <laughs> was it published by a first? Was it published by somebody that used to have a console? 
No. Okay. Oh, okay. Was this a uh, was this a console launch game? No. Is it a multiplayer game? Yes, that's five. Oh. Why did you ask that, Tina? I was thinking, like, what is a an activity that you would go somewhere and enjoy yeah. playing with someone? Yeah. Was this game released in the? Was the, who's the guy that wrote in? Thomas. Uh, Curtis. Curtis. Um, was Curtis playing this game in the early nineties? No. Is that where his fond memories are from? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, did this appear on uh, a, a home system with a disc-based medium? Yes. Mm. Is it from after two thousand five? No. Does Curtis have fond memories of playing this game in the early 2000s? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, yeah, maybe that was dumb. Well, now we know for sure. Oh, I see, but we also got early 2000s, so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You closed the date. And it's definitely going to be a multi-platform game unless it's PC only, right? Maybe it said the dorms at ASU. Maybe it was like Halo on a landline or something. Or it could be, it's totally like an internet cafe game, right? Yeah. It's totally like Counter-Strike, you know. Yeah. Is it, should we ask if it's a PC only game? Yeah. Or, yeah, sure. I guess there were, or like yeah. commonly, like, is it mostly associated with PC? Right. Yeah. Is it mostly a PC game? Yes. That's 10. Okay. Is it a is shooter? It, yes. Oh, it, it could be. I think, we, I think you guys might have got it. Um, I'm Are you, to... do you play as, as, do you play as terrorists and counter terrorists? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is well, there a is chance? This, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, like, so obviously it's probably Counter Strike, but I don't want to do something stupid if it's yeah. secretly Rainbow Six or something like that. I'm trying to figure out how to like. <laughs> is it still, you know, the, the most popular game on Steam? Uh, probably. Oh, or it's but sequels. It's <laughs> probably. Yeah. Is it Counter Strike? Yes, it's Counter Strike. Yeah. That's Yay. awesome. I nice. thought it was just a random guess in the middle. Yeah. Of that. Yeah, I didn't. We could have really used the modern. trick. We could have yeah, used think, Have we mentioned this game yet? Yeah, that's true. Um, I, that I would have been really hard without the multiplayer giveaway. That was nice. really good. Yep, that yeah. was great. Justin mentioned Counter Strike around question nine, so you were there pretty early. Well, I think we that was zeroed in on the fastest like, win in a while. Yeah. yeah. Tina asked about multiplayer, and then we zeroed in on like LAN games. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good team effort. <laughs> no, his, he had fond memories of playing this game at LAN parties oh. uh, back in Tempe in the early 2000s. Okay, probably an ASU dorm then. Uh, it was released in 2000 and then came to Xbox in 2003. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's only multiplayer. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to start asking. Is there a single player? <laughs> 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 uh, we have time for uh, There's one more email um, that I held at the end. Uh, this is Robert from Florida. It says, hello, Megacop. Thank you guys for still supplying us with hot and fresh scoops during these tough times. It's good to have some normalcy. Anyway, I'm currently on a shmup bender, and I've been replaying some favorites like Einhander, Ikaruga, and just recently played through Raiden 5 on PS4. What are, some of, what are some of your favorite shmups or bullet hell games? It's strange, but these are bringing me comfort during these weird times. I, uh, obviously, this is like my, one of my favorite yeah. genres. Who's, so I have, who's this question? What, what's up? Who is who's this, this question, question really? Who's it from? For no, who's it for? It's clearly for you, Damon. Why don't you take oh, yeah. it away? 
Well, yeah, I'm going to take it away. Uh, my <laughs> all-time favorite uh, shmup is Dodonpachi, but that's like a Japanese arcade game. Um, you'll have to, you, if you want to play that game, you'll have to venture out beyond modern consoles to figure out a way to play that um, on. But modern they have, games. they have good ports of those on iPad. Yeah, they're but they're not actually. They're like sequels. They're not the exact not same. The, not the original. Yeah, they're not the original. I think they are good, but it's not the original Dodonpachi. But there's a bunch of vertical shooters on Switch, and there's two new uh, Psycho collections um, that are out now, and they're both really good that collect a bunch of 90s vertical shooters like Dragon Blaze, Gunbird 1 and 2, the Striker series. Those are great. Arrow Fighters 2 and 3 are also on Switch. Those are really, really fun. Thunder Force and Blazing Star are on Switch, but they are horizontal shooters if you can I haven't played a that. single game mentioned so far. Thunder Force was a Sega Genesis game. Blazing Star is a Neo Geo game. They're both good, just horizontal. And finally, there's one called Caladrius Blaze that I've been wanting to check out on Switch, but I haven't I haven't checked it out yet. But it looks really cool. And one game Damon mentioned that string is not real. No, yeah. that's true. They're all they're all real real games. <laughs> Sam, you have Ikaruga, but you haven't played it yet. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, so my favorites, though, I like Gorf. Have you guys ever played Gorf? Yeah, Gorf is good. Yeah, it's like it's like Space Invaders and also you know three other little games at the same time, something like 1981. But uh, I really like Salamander slash Life Force and Gradius. Those yeah. games are so fun, and I love them to death. And I love playing them with a friend, especially and Life those, Force. And those are on Switch, also actually. Yeah, back in the day, like the fact that you know shooters had. Um, uh, uh, multiplayer co-op made it so that I played them all the time and I love them. But that was like in the 90s. Yeah. Or earlier. Cool. All right, that's about all the scoops we have for you this week. What are you guys going to play tonight? I'm going to play Doom. You nice. know the answer. Yeah. You, just, you guys are all playing Animal Crossing? Okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Animal yep. Crossing, Animal Crossing, my... Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing. Exactly. Oh, Did I do this right? Wait. Yeah. I have... I have Sahara in my town today, so I'm gonna buy nice. so I'm gonna buy so many rugs, guys. Cool. At yeah, least it's a really cool wallpaper. Yeah. What, Tina? Can't you only buy three? Is it? Uh, well, I bought one of each, and then I got tickets, and then I used the tickets to buy wallpaper. Mm, there you go. It's just the best. It's a good combo. Uh, Sam, uh, Doom actually has some light environmental puzzle solving. That's pretty fun. That's really cool. It's I'm also the, the, playing a game that's coming out soon that I can't talk about yet that I can't wait to talk to you all about. Cool. And I'm going to go back to playing Doom now that I have an internet connection. Yeah. And a new PS4. <laughs> um, all right, uh, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Keep your chin up out there. Everybody stay safe. And uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. If you haven't yet, join the Facebook group. Um, it's a really fun group of cool gamers. If you uh, are cooped up at home and just want some fun people to chat video games with, that's a great place to do it. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games Group, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.